Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on a variety of topics of interest for you and your family. Today, we are discussing one of our COVID-19 frontline workers, and that would be our physicians and their wellness during this pandemic. And my guest today is Colleen Kamenish, Executive Director of the Nevada Physician Wellness Coalition. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you. I'm happy to be here today. Yeah. Um, let's start with some basics. Um, what is the Nevada Physician Wellness Coalition? When was it formed and, and why was it formed, Colleen? Yeah, so we actually formed in 2018. So while I think COVID-19 has sort of um, highlighted healthcare workers and burnout that existed long before COVID-19. And so uh, formed actually in 2018. And the reason it was formed, it was formed by three physicians here in Reno and actually formed following the suicide of a colleague at one of our local hospitals here. And it was a, a young physician, really in the prime of his career, a really wonderful physician and well-liked. And I think one of the things that uh, made that so striking for the people that started the coalition was that there were really no signs that anybody saw and so that in combination with all of the research that was coming out around physician burnout and the need for physician well-being, uh, these three physicians decided that they, they didn't want to have any more colleagues impacted like this and um, wanted to do something to actually help address the problem. Well, I think that the average person doesn't really think about or hears about when a physician commit suicide. That's uh, sort of a well-kept, I think, secret in many ways. But it does happen nationally uh, enough for everyone to be concerned, right? Yes. And and I actually think you bring up a good point. Even um, I think if you, you know, it's other physicians that even do the autopsies on physicians that have committed suicide. And, um, you know, we've heard reports around the country of it's it's hard for them to even maybe report it exactly as it happened, um, sometimes trying to still protect the physician even even after they've made that choice. And so I think you're right. It, it is something that doesn't often get talked about, um, and yet we know that uh, the suicide rate for physicians is actually four times the national average um, for resident physicians, so people that are in their training programs it's the, the number one reason for male physicians to die and the second reason for female physicians. Um, and 50% of practicing physicians feel depressed or have signs of burnout. So it's it's a significant problem. So if I heard you right, Colleen, that it's about the resident physicians. They also have an increased risk of suicide? Yeah, actually, you know, it's interesting that the beginning point of this tends to be a medical school. So when you look at the average population, the population going into medical school actually tends to be uh, better off than the regular population. And by the time they're leaving medical school is worse off. And then they get into the residency program where there are even increased pressures and demands. And um, again, we can see all of the really negative impacts of what happens, including suicide. And so actually used to work at the, the School of Medicine here in, um, at, the, at UNR. 
And um, I worked with the resident physicians. And so there's an accreditation body that sort of keeps its eye on the training path for resident physicians called the Accreditation for Graduate Medical Education. And now they've actually instituted a component that all all accredited um, medical schools have to have, which includes wellness, to try to address this very issue. Well, let's unpack that just a little bit. So it sounds like a lot of it is the stress of being a student and being a resident. Is their schedule that demanding? So the schedules are demanding, and there's been a lot of different um, rules that have come into play over many, many years. You know, how many, like, basically we call them duty hour requirements. So for a long time, they had a duty hour requirement that physicians could not work more than 80 hours in a work week. Um, and then, of course, there's, you know, how much break they need in between. Um, but 80 hours is a lot, as we know. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's not just necessarily the hours that they're working, um, but you take somebody out of medical school where they're sort of learning the trajectory of medicine and they're getting some clinical experience. And then you put them into the context of working in a hospital, and uh, they're really dealing with life and death situations, uh, really difficult diagnosis that they have to share with a family or a patient. And so it's, I, and I think this is what's unique to the world of physicians is that they really see more of life and death and all of the variations of things that could potentially happen to a person in their life than most of us ever will. And the other unique thing that we know about physicians and physician burnout has to do with what's referred to as the culture of silence. So you get these type A personalities, really, really smart, altruistic individuals that go into the field of medicine. And uh, people don't talk about processing a lot of the time. You know, I think that's becoming something newer in the training path, but how to deal with compassion fatigue, how to be in the midst of suffering and grief, not just in the context of the patient, but you're witnessing something too. So this this is a huge part of the issue that contributes to the, the burnout and the suffering that physicians face. Well, you it just did a fabulous job of of concisely showing us to a certain degree as to what the stressors are for a physician. And one doesn't normally think about that. When we go to a physician, we don't ask the physician how they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not yeah. that's not the patient's role. You know, we they ask us, how are you? Um, and yet physician wellness has a lot to do with us as patients as to how our doctor is coping with not just the normal stress of life, but the stressors of being a physician and being responsible to a certain degree for somebody's life. Absolutely, yeah. And again, this is a pressure that, you know, many of us won't won't have in our lives, even though we might have high demands in our different work roles or, you know, if, if we make a mistake, um, it will have an impact. But when you're dealing with a human life or a disease process, uh, the pressure escalates. It's just a different level of pressure there. Well, and I know there's a lot of levels that works its way up to suicide. So when we're talking about physicians and suicide, there's a whole lot underneath that as far as physicians' emotional and physical health. So what is the coalition trying to do to keep a doc from getting all the way up to that high level of suicide 
and to deal with their emotional and physical health? Yeah, so I think this is a really good question because we do want to look at the whole spectrum of what happens, you know, if somebody is anywhere in their career path, right, Um, places where they might just be stressed out or burned out or they've had a significant um, life shift, like going through a divorce or the the loss of somebody that they love. Um, and so there could be different levels of burnout depending on where people are at professionally. And so we, we're kind of working at two different ends. One is that we have a resource line for physicians and family members of physicians. And this resource line, it's a resource line, not a crisis line, um, is really designed for them to talk to a psychologist. And we've, we've um, got a really wonderful board member who's a psychologist, and he's very familiar with people um, who have experience in working with physicians because they have particular, you know, um, stressors. They have particular ways of managing those stressors. And they'll help to sort of assess where the person is at and then give them referrals to people that, that might be a good fit. Um, to work with them through some of these things, and and the same with the family members. Um, And then, of course, if they're in crisis, we would recommend that they call the crisis line. Um, That's that's a more national hotline that's prepared to deal with issues like suicidal ideation. So so that's one thing, is like if people know that they're burnout and they recognize it and they, they want to reach out for help, we have the resource line. And then my background, you know, I've spent many, many years, um, like I said, both in graduate medical education, but also um, many years in learning and exploring stress, stress reduction, and mindfulness. And so I know a lot about the science that helps to um, prevent, you know, some of these things that are, are being carried out. And so I've actually worked with med students doing that, resident physicians, and now we're bringing a lot of those programming efforts into uh, the Physician Wellness Coalition. Um, so we have we have a lot of different programming that supports them. Right now we have a speaker series uh, that's been wildly popular. Uh, we have our first speaker actually this Thursday, and there are 125 people signed up for it. Um, well, wow, that's is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's great, and it's like that through the whole year. We've gotten a lot of interest, and we pick topic areas that we think are ways that physicians can actually take actions to to be less burnout or to include more wellness in their life. Um, and then we also have a program, program that comes from the mindful practice curriculum that we, we call humanism and medicine, where it's really all about physicians talking to each other because we know this is actually one of the ways that prevents burnout the most is physicians connecting with each other in, in meaningful ways to talk about things like when things go wrong in medicine, you know, medical errors are what every doctor hopes will never happen to them, and yet humans make errors at predictable rates. That's something I learned um, from one of the head people in patient safety uh, nationally. And so it's, you know, it's but that leads to a ton of burnout for physicians because, of course, they hope mm-hmm. that will never happen or uh, dealing with a, a difficult death of a patient. So there are all these topic areas that we bring up during the humanism session that Physicians can safely explore with a trusted colleague. So it sounds like um, some of the work that the coalition is doing, that it's really in the best interest of the profession to be able to reach out to the residents uh, and sort of help them with their coping strategies before they become get into a practice. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. We're we're really looking at the whole spectrum. So starting with the med students, residents, and then the the whole scale of physicians. And what's really cool, actually, is in my current humanism series, there's actually quite a few retired physicians too that are you know still thinking about these topics and and maybe things that happen mm-hmm. during their career path. So yeah, I think you're right. It's really like trying to prevent burnout wherever it starts for people, you know, if it starts in med school, if it it starts in residency or somewhere along the career path, we try to, we're trying to have more options for people to um, know that they can talk to somebody safely about it and to find resources that will help support them. And again, not getting to the place where there's suicidal ideation. Well, let's talk about how medicine has changed in the last few decades and maybe how that's added to the stress. Uh, More and more physicians are working for large medical groups, many times owned by a hospital, um, and the independent physician uh, is less likely to be on his or her own. But also, it's about patient load. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, as the CEO of Access Healthcare Network, I have quite a few physicians that are uh, involved with us and certainly on my board, and I know the patient load just for them gets more and more all the time that they need to see X amount of patients a day. Do you find that that has to do with the burnout? Yeah, so I think this is an important point. We know that actually um, this is one of the main contributors to burnout. One, I would say the even underneath the, the work and not being able to, and the, the load of patients, it's really that physicians go on this journey because I, I think for me as an outsider, seeing how much work there is at every level of training um, and how much dedication. It's like people really have this altruistic nature and and kind of a calling to this work in a particular way. And it's usually because they want to help patients. And so what happens when you have more patients that you have to see and to see them more quickly is that that starts to diminish the joy of medicine because they can't actually connect with patients in the ways that they would like to or maybe even feel like would be the most effective. I think that comes up a lot when I'm, you know, teaching these humanism sessions. We we talk about all these different techniques and, and ways to be mindful, and it's like, gosh, I, I don't even know how I would fit that into a patient encounter, you know. And so the, the business end of hospitals and uh, even for the private practice docs, it's like they're running a small business, right? So all of the paperwork, uh, all of the business and having these, you know, financial goals that the hospital wants to meet really impacting and diminishing joy in practice, along with the introduction of the EMR. So with the electronic medical records, and I've heard physicians refer to this as it's like, um, they thought it was going to revolutionize medicine. And now, you know, they're spending all this work on technical things and paperwork and things that aren't necessarily things they should have to do as a physician other than charting. Um, and, and what we see, and I saw these statistics in graduate medical education, was that once the EMR, once you were able to take that home, all of a sudden there's no boundaries. Um, the work can just continue. And so uh, definitely this is having an impact on physicians in addition to Nevada being um, 48 as far as having enough physicians um, in general, right? We we have a huge shortage of physicians shortage. here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and especially uh, family practice, um, not enough physicians. And you know, you and I could talk forever about what's going on just in our community in Washoe County. 
uh, with being able to get a family practice physician. I think, mm-hmm. um, did you all do a survey of docs as to what would help their stress levels the most and uh, have they responded as to what would help? You know, we, we haven't done a survey like that. I know that UNR Med School did a survey recently um, that that was about that. And I think from what we've seen from other institutions and, I mean, even institutions, uh, really high-level institutions that have been helping us out, it's, it's again, seems to be that the, the main thing that helps physicians is these collegial relationships where they can actually share in meaningful ways. Um, I think I think that's another part of medicine that's changed as you were talking about the culture and the increased demand of patients. Um, there, there used to be, you know, times that physicians would bump into each other when they were, you know, grabbing some food or in the hallways, and that's just not happening in the same way anymore. So um, mostly what we've heard is these, these um, times to connect with each other because even – someone that's super close to them, like a spouse or a partner, they're not going to necessarily understand really what the physician sees in the same way that their colleagues would. Yeah, that's absolutely true. We did a podcast the other day on isolation for the elderly, and it has some similar Mm -hmm. aspects to it. Isolation is isolation, no matter Mm -hmm. who the person is that is experiencing it. And it has negative aspects. So uh, of course, that would fall into the issue of the physicians. Have you seen any change from the pandemic? We've been in this about seven months now. Um, are the physicians telling you their stories about the pandemic? You know, they're actually, we just got some really interesting research yesterday. Becker's Hospital Review did a survey on physicians across the country. And they said right now there's about 48% of physicians uh, reported that they were burnout. 36% uh, said their physical well-being has suffered. 45% said their psychological state has declined. And this one I thought was really um, shocking. 63% of respondents said they have had severe or near severe stress levels over the last four weeks. And this was back in June. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so it's... um, it's significant what's happening. And I think, you know, I think for the coalition, we've definitely seen increased engagement in our programming, which I think speaks for itself. And what about the support that you're, um, that you are getting from our local hospitals? How's that going for you? Because certainly they have a, um, not a responsibility, but certainly they are, involved in this and I'm I'm sure very supportive of what you're doing. Yeah, I really have to say that um the the doctors that were inspired to start the coalition, they they brought together leadership from just about every hospital in northern Nevada and you know, having been in the medical field for a long time in different institutions to see uh all of the leaders come to this meeting and say that they would support us was so powerful and that's what we've been feeling so we've we've created sort of a partnership document where we bring in programming to the different hospitals right now St. Mary's is um, one of our partners Um, Barton is now one of our partners and we're in conversation right now with many other hospitals here in northern Nevada and just starting to extend our reach into southern Nevada 
So the support that we've gotten from the hospitals in recognizing this problem and wanting to be responsive has been so amazing and, and I think really unique. And on the coalition is that it's more than just physicians. So you, you reach out to other medical fields, other medical people. So we we don't yet. So we don't ever turn anybody away that comes to our programming, but we specifically market um, to MDs and, and uh, DOs. So physicians are our target market. And, you know, we hope if we can build a good model that this could extend to um, other healthcare workers. But like in my own experience, what, we, what I've noticed is that the challenges are actually different for the different categories of um, the different areas of, of medicine that people are practicing and like a nurse's experience is really different from a doctor's experience. So we've decided just to focus on this for now. And then uh, if the model works, then we hope, you know, maybe we can build from there or hope inspire other organizations to build programs that might be effective. And on your board, is it mostly physicians? So it's mostly physicians and we've tried to bring in physicians working at different organizations um, and across different areas of practice. So, you know, because all of the different areas of practice can be impacted differently, and actually we see that they're impacted differently through our, um, through, through the statistics. Um, but we have a CEO, the CEO of St. Mary's is one of our board members. We have an attorney who's very connected to the medical community in Las Vegas. We have the dean of the Office of Statewide Initiatives, which is amazing. That gives us uh, much more diversity in our, our reach, including rural Nevada. And we have med students, too. So, again, trying to engage people um, that are still in medical school and kind of giving us a sense of what they need and how we can support them. So what would you like for 2021? I think a lot of us would like just 2020 to be over. <laughs> I think we're <laughs> already exhausted by 2020. But... You know, and I know you have some big plans for the rest of this year. Uh, you have your series that sounds like it's going just fabulous. But what about 2021? What What are your goals and what do you hope will happen with the coalition in 2021? So our goal is to, I mean, my goal personally for the coalition would be to get every hospital in northern Nevada to partner with us. Um, and then to start working on, they, you know, Northern Nevada and Las Vegas, again, have their own needs. And I know this when our medical school was statewide, having worked there, um, but also starting to engage the systems there. We're just starting those conversations now. Um, but if we're partnered with every hospital in Northern Nevada and starting our, our reach into Southern Nevada, and right now we're already capturing some of the rural um, providers through the, the humanism series that we're offering, uh, that would be amazing because we we our goal is to really start to change the culture of medicine and if we have that much engagement um like we've been seeing and, and support like we've been seeing i just i feel like it's so inspiring for the potential of what could happen not only for the physicians but for every patient uh, that gets seen by a physician we know that when when physicians are doing really well there's uh, more connection to their patients, better health outcomes, less errors. So so we really hope it will have a positive impact on the entire community. And, uh, yeah, and our speaker series goes through the whole year, so we're excited to have that, that going. But, again, bringing the programming into the hospitals and starting to, to shift the culture 
um, is really where we hope to head. So it's my understanding that the coalition operates uh, by donation, uh, that it's, uh, that is how you're funded. If somebody wanted to know more about your series and also wanted to donate money to the Nevada Physician Wellness Coalition, where would they go? What, what website, Colleen? Oh, thank you. Yes, it's the Nevada Physician Wellness Coalition.com. And we have a donate button, so you can donate right on the website. And we really appreciate any donations. We're totally, like you said, we're just we're a, a nonprofit organization and um, just really getting started. So, so those donations go a long way, and we try to make the best use of all the funds that we can. We're very uh, running very lean, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be an amazing. Um, contribution to the work that we're doing. And then, you know, for people that might not have the funds to donate but want to participate in the organization, we also have a Get Involved button on the website. And if you go there, we have a wall of gratitude where you can just share um, some thoughts about how maybe a physician has impacted your life. Those words, I think, go very, very far to remind physicians. I think they give up so much, they sacrifice so much, and they care so much um, to really to really know all the good work that they've done. So that's another way that people can um, get involved. Oh, I'm so glad you told us about that. That's fabulous, a wall of gratitude. Um, for people who are listening, uh, please go and put something on that wall of gratitude because uh, Colleen and I know how hard our physicians work and understandably, when we go to the doctor's office, we're focused on ourselves, which is how it should be. But at times, we need to remember that that physician really um, is working very hard and working hard for our best interest. I want to thank you, Colleen, for sharing this information today about our physicians and for being on our program. I appreciate all of the great conversation that we had. Well, thank you so much for having us, Sherry. You're such an inspiration in the work that you've done. and. Um, what you've built, and, you know, we hope to follow in those footsteps, so thank you. We've been discussing the Nevada Physician Wellness Coalition with Colleen Kamenish. She is the Executive Director of the Nevada Physician Wellness Coalition. She gave you the website. Please go and check it out. I want to thank everyone for listening, and for a list of our podcasts, go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcast. Be safe, everybody. Wear your mask and say thank you to your doctor.